found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glixman with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And a happy Bobby Bonilla Day to all who celebrate. Yep, yep, yep. How many more days? How many more years of that? Not that many, 14. right? It's 2035. 14. Wow. Okay. Okay. Here, I thought we were we were nearing the end of that. But, uh, yeah, what a deal. What yeah. a deal. Uh, uh, a contract that will, will never be replicated, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, you know, the last vestige of the Bernie Madoff scandal for the Mets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's what, a million every year? Is that yeah, what it is? A little, yeah. It's 1.19 million a year for yeah. 25 years at an 8% interest rate, and they deferred paying him for, I believe, eight years. Yeah, yeah. It's, so. uh, it's amazing, and it's Honestly, it's what he's known for now, I think, which is kind of, I mean, like for a guy who was a pretty darn good player for a long time, I think that's mm-hmm. the association most people have for him, which I, I guess is both sure. positive and negative. Positive for his bank account, at least. Yeah. He, uh, uh, the, the Mets tried to capitalize on that today. They're hosting an Airbnb for one night only as part of a marketing campaign with airbnb yeah 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 uh, right. and and Why bobby not? bow is the host uh i so. mean you know might as well have some fun with it i guess uh, you know they're they're what uh, several regimes now separated from the from the group that gave him that contract yeah. so uh you know might as well embrace it and be lighthearted and self-deprecating and you know hey as you said you know get a little get a little sponsorship dollars and I think that's a smooth transition into the big news of the day, which is everybody getting a piece of them sponsorship dollars. Yeah, so we've now gone from it being Bobby Bonilla Day to it being NIL Day. Yes, College um, Athlete Independence Day. The, the number of athletes who are getting these uh, opportunities is staggering initially. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. Bo, Bo Nix came out with the first one. I, I thought that uh, Professor Michael McCann's tweet uh, was apropos, which is, this is like NBA-level tampering. If he's not allowed to negotiate it till July 1, how is he posting it at 12.01 <laughs> on July 1? Right, right, exactly, yeah. Yeah, very true, very true, yeah. I mean, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a little bit of, you know, a Wild West feel to it right now. Uh, I, I think, you know, the, the market will settle in. It's, I mean, to, to compare it to NBA free agency, you know, today's the day where all the all the money gets thrown around. Now, it's, not, it's probably not big money for a lot of these guys, but it's, you know, everybody's just going nuts. And and I think, you know, we'll, we'll settle in and we'll realize who has value and who doesn't. Companies will realize that, too, and, and they're not going to give money to people who don't have value to them. Um, yeah. But, you know, by God, God bless them. I mean, it, you know, it's, uh, it's a fascinating time because what we were told for – decades literally decades would you know bring about the the demise of college athletics if it was allowed to happen uh, is is now just fair game uh in in the blink of an eye and you know in some ways just you know one calendar day to the next and here we go so uh logan tyler the asu yeah. kicker posted a thing uh a since deleted tweet uh for some sort of did he delete it he did delete it, which is, I guess, not surprising since he listed his home address on the uh, on yeah, the image because yeah. it was yeah. for some sort of delivery uh, right. 
thing. Don't food, food delivery, I guess, like grocery or something like that. It looked like, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, you know, that's the thing is you're gonna you're gonna see some of these guys. I mean, and that's probably a drop in the bucket. Some of the dumb things that they're gonna do because it, it is kind of the wild west now, mm-hmm. uh, and and you got you know. The same 18 to 22 year olds who we talk about how they change their mind all the time on where they want to go to school now have the ability to just, you know, oh, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll advertise for you. Why not? Uh, there's going to be some some dumb happenings, and I'm sure some of them will be greeted with. See, this is why we should have never allowed it. I will not be one of those people. I feel like, you know, let, let people learn their lesson. They're going to eventually. No, I think that that's where we're I, – I think we're headed towards some – very interesting opportunities um, yeah, yeah. and very interesting attempts to take advantage of this. I, I think that, uh, you know, an interesting development from all of this is Johnny Manziel has provided a lot of guidance on Twitter that I think is very good. You know, he's like, is. look, set yeah. up a merchandise thing. Don't order it. Set it up through yeah. a place where it's printed as you go because you don't yeah. want, you know, you don't want to be stuck with too much stuff. Take it from me. You know, yeah. I learned from experience yeah. Yeah. And, and I, you know, some of this stuff is good. Uh, you know, he might be setting up to become a consultant for this type be. of stuff, which would he be good. Be. Uh, yeah. The other fallout seems to be let Reggie Bush get more uh, Heisman, uh, Heisman representation. And and, yeah. 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 Now, people are missing the point when they're saying, I mean, it's just, it's an incredibly oversimplified version of, you know, the NCAA needs to give Reggie Bush's Heisman back. The NCAA doesn't hand out the Heisman. They didn't have the power to take it away. They don't have the power to give it back. Uh, You know, now, are they related? Certainly, when, you know, the result of him being deemed retroactively ineligible is why the Heisman... Now, correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm about to say the Heisman took it, the Heisman didn't actually take it. Didn't he surrender it before the Heisman took it? Yes. Like they were probably going to. Yeah. And well, and, and the my understanding was, and maybe I'm misremembering this, but that USC gave it back first. Yeah. As sort of an acknowledgement, because the way it is is the copy. school gets one and the player right. gets one. Right. And UCLA right. gave the or uh, not UCLA USC gave theirs back first. And then, and then, and then he did, and he he tweeted that he's now asked for it back directly and yeah. through his people. Um, he should have never given it back. I mean, no, and, you know, and, and if this happened ten years later, in relation to you know, we talked about with ASU football and how to handle all their stuff, he wouldn't. You know, that that was yeah. that was at a time where the mo was you know fall on the sword and and accept your punishment. That's not the mo now. Um, and he shouldn't have given it back. And, you know, whether he has the physical trophy or not, I mean, I suppose that matters to him. It doesn't matter a hill of beans to me. Should he be listed as the Heisman Trophy winner? Yes. You know, um, I mean, record books should have him as the Heisman winner. Uh, Well, and USC, you know, know, USC is this is kind of like UCF declaring themselves the national champion. USC can just declare, put him back on all of the ring, rings of honor, right. on all of well, your lists of Heisman winners, and yes. just you know, because retire his jersey again, yeah. you know, put his put his jersey in the end zone at the Coliseum, which they they're urging toward that because his dissociation period is over now. Yeah, and he he's, was he's back. Been back. Yeah, I I think that so, that's where they're heading. 
And you know what? It's a golden opportunity for this, you know, for marketing and for him. Start selling five jerseys. I mean, uh, you know, they wear the same jersey now that they did then. Get a, get a, you know, work with him and and sell. Obviously, USC jerseys don't have a name on the back, but sell jerseys that are number five. Give him a cut of the profit. And you know, I mean, yeah, you know, they're in a position to welcome him back with open arms. And he's still viewed. I, I mean, I guess I don't know about eighteen-year-old kids, but I know people of our generation still view Reggie Bush at USC as like the coolest thing. I mean, it's like Michael Vick. You know, like people, people. He's kind of a cult hero for his time at USC, yeah. And and so uh, you know, like that would that would sell, I believe. I mean, I'm not a I'm not a marketing expert by any means, but uh, you know, if USC embraces Reggie Bush, first of all, USC needs to be cool again anyway. It's been yeah. it's been a bit since USC spelled cool, and Reggie Bush still feels cool. So that's a match made in heaven. It seems like. Yeah, they, look, these are the guys who can make it cool. They need yes. to bring him back. They need to bring yes. Lendale White into the you know more regularly into the fold. You know, yeah, yeah. Have a you, have a day where you bring all these guys back because it would have felt weird to have an event without him. Right. You know. Right. So I agree. Yeah, so I mean, do it. And obviously, you yeah. know, last year was 15 years. They didn't get the chance to do anything last year with fans or whatever. So do it this year. You know, celebrate 15 years since the you know since the Heisman season. In 2024, 2023, I guess, you know, do 20 years since the national championship and have everybody back. And, uh, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta walk the fine line of, we talked about this with ASU baseball. Like, you don't want to become too obsessed with your past where you, you know, are, your, your present stinks. Um, but, you know, USC's present hasn't been very good lately. It's been okay, but, you know, and, and maybe that's the topic we can discuss here in relation to that is that, athletic article about the top 40 or the, the 40 coaching hires in the Pac-12, which USC yeah. comes to mind with that. But, um, you know, yeah, I think absolutely bring him back in the fold. Will the Heisman reinstate him as the winner? I, I kind of think eventually, yes. I don't think it's coming today or tomorrow, but I, I think eventually, yes, that will happen. Well, and I also hope let's not wait too long. You know, I hope not. I agree. This is, yeah. you know, there there may be a reason to wait, but this is uh, bordering on Ike Diagu territory for re- retiring his jersey at ASU. Like, let's just, I know there are reasons why it. we haven't, but let's let's just get it over with. Let's yeah, do it. Yeah, that's, that's a, I mean, I saw that today about, you know, trying to find the right time to do it. I'm thinking... Okay, when, I mean, I don't know Diagu's, you know, where he lives, and but you know, it's one thing with James Harden because you want him to be there, and Harden's in season the same time we are. Uh, you know, that was hard to figure out. You know, put him in the Hall of Fame—that's probably a, a challenge he hasn't in yet. Terrell Suggs—we talked about that, but yeah, you know, get him, get him there. He's not playing in the NBA, so why, why not find a way to do that? Yeah, well, it said they said they were planning to do it last year. They're planning to do it this yeah. year. Hopefully, yeah. I, I'd yeah. like it to just be done. That's yeah. You know. And of course, I'll, my aside is when they do that, they should fix the other jerseys and make them all look the same and have them, you know, like presented well. Because that still bothers me and will bother me until it's fixed. That the jerseys are are there are different fonts and different, different sizes, fonts, and different colors, different shades of red. They're not yeah. they're not even the same maroon and gold. You know, like, yeah. It, 
it, it looks it looks second rate. I've complained about this before. I'll complain about it again until until they fix it. But uh, but yeah, like to see that uh, get done. And I agree with you about Reggie Bush. Like you know, get it done. And and uh, yeah, from USC's perspective, I would absolutely you know the the media guy this year should have bios of seven Heisman Trophy winners and include him. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, you're not? including the juice. You, right. you should probably right. include Reggie. Yes, yes. I mean, you know, like, uh, now I'm I'm sort of conflicted on the idea, and I guess Reggie Bush is one of those, of like, you know, okay, every past punishment should now be, you know, rescinded, and, and you know, Michigan should be able to hang its Final Four banners in Memphis and then all, you know, stuff, well, maybe not Memphis, because that was more academic, but, you know, like, there's part of me that says, hey, if it was the rule then, you don't now get to go back and say it wasn't the rule. No, uh, I, and I don't think – I think there's a difference between if a school wants to do it or the NCAA. Yeah, you know, I, yeah. no one has the ability to stop them from doing it because, uh, you know, it's the school. If UCF wants to put a national title sure. sign up sure. – I, I don't think there's a reason not to if you're Michigan. If you think, yeah. well, I'm doing this, and, di- you know, what are they going to do? They're not going to ban you from the postseason for hanging right, exactly. a banner. Exactly, yeah. Now, you know, as I say that, I think those things are stupid in the first place. To right. say, you know, oh, your Final Four appearance is rescinded. Like, but no, it, may matter, it may matter to tell, your, you know, your recruits, you know, Yes. Especially yes. with with a head coach who was on the team. Right. Right. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, like I would I would be all for that because I would I was never for taking them away and and the the to me it's it's just a hollow gesture to say, you know, oh, you got to take down the banners like all right, but they still went. Um you, you can't change the past and that's the same with Reggie Bush. He won the Heisman. Was he ineligible? According to the rules at the time, yes. And had that been found out, he wouldn't have played. But he did play, and he was the best player in the country. Maybe. I'll still say I think Vince Young should have won, but that, you know, is just my own opinion. Um, he was named the Heisman winner, so he ought to be considered the, the winner. You know, the yeah. record book should not skip over him. It's dumb. Um, yeah. USC should, you know, have that championship reinstated. Uh, you know, the whole, like, oh, 2004, they're not officially the champions. But they are. Because if you go to Heritage Hall, they still got the AP National Championship trophy that they won. Yeah. But then, you know, I mean, it's just, it's stupid. The whole thing is dumb. Yeah. Well, this is also what happens when you've got eight different official right. governing bodies. and Right, right. It's exactly. like winning yeah. a boxing title. It is. Yeah. It is. Yes. Yes. So, I don't know. I mean, um, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting that, you know, of course, then the other element yesterday I read a ton is, oh, NCAA football's coming back because of this, like. We're a ways away from NCAA football coming back, and you know I know EA Sports put out a thing today about you know we would we would entertain you know having players. It's not going to work if you can only have individual players. You yeah. got to have a group license to make that really work for me at least. And you got I mean I think you'll get the schools to buy in, and this is oh, why yeah. you need a collective bargaining yes. unit, you need that trade group or whatever we talked about last time. Yeah. Yes, you know like you you need something where you can have all of them, not. Not some. I don't want to. I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. You know, put down sixty dollars for a game where, and I know it's not gonna be the. You know, but two years from now, but let's use this year's where you know I can play with Spencer Rattler of Oklahoma, 
but Sam Howell doesn't have a deal with EA Sports, so I get, you know, generic QB number one for North Carolina. Like, come on. Uh, you know, I, I want them all or I don't want any. And I yeah. think most people would say that too. Yeah. I, you know, where it feels like the first step to this is you're going to get a guy. Yes. You know, yes. it'll be so-and-so's NCAA football. Yeah, yeah. You know. But, yeah, I feel like you need a, you know, you need to have, because, I mean, is EA really motivated to go out and do, you know, individual deals with every college player? Of course not. So you might have some marquee guys, but, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe some people don't care. Maybe a lot of people don't care. But to me, I feel like, you know, if I, if I get the game and I got the ASU roster, I don't want to just have Jaden Daniels and Merlin Robertson. I want, I want all of them. I want the names to be right. Like when I buy Madden and it's got everybody. Mm-hmm. Oh, and you know, they want it back so that they can go back to the Madden export draft. Yes. Hey, they probably get me. I haven't, I haven't bought Madden in years, but I used to love it. I mean, you know, obviously I, things are different. I don't even have the, the I mean, I still have a PS3. I'm two machines behind. Um, but, you know, like if you told me I could have legit NCAA football, I might invest in a PS5 or an Xbox, whatever it is. And, you know, because like, yeah, I love that game. That was, I mean, that was my favorite game to play. And its demise went right along with why I kind of stopped playing sports video games. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, uh, I'm right there with you. It's a, it's a big deal. It is. And... It is. I mean, I'd love to have it this year. But it is funny to me how I read, you know, like, oh, NCAA football's coming back. Like, hold your horses. We're looking at probably two seasons from now, and we're a long ways from having the, the dream scenario of, like, every player's in there. I mean, I hope so. I hope by then we are there, but we're, we're not there yet just because this thing went into effect today. Yeah. You know, like, I'm sure they're game ready, but... Yeah, I imagine without knowing that there is an awful lot of R&D and things that sure. you have to go through to get the names right and to make it updated, yeah. you know, because yeah. I'm sure when when they lost it or when they stopped doing it, that they were out of mm-hmm. steps, you know, like, right. they, you know, they kept updating Madden and I'm sure they can use a lot of overlap. Sure. But, Gameplay, yeah, but to me, you got to have the realism got to have all of the teams all the players all the stadiums i mean i you know like i don't i don't i don't think it works if you do it like they've done with the pga tour which is a little different but you know you you can't give me eight stadiums you got to give me 130 stadiums that i can you know like if i'm gonna do it i want to i want to write if i want to play at smu i need smu stadium mm-hmm. and you know some of that stuff I'm sure they have in place, but it, I think it's going to take a lot of work. I think people's expectations and, and look fronted by ESPN, you know, saying, well, who should be on the cover? It's like, I don't know. So some high school senior, probably. Right. Right. Yeah. By the time, <laughs> probably Arch Manning. Out, you know, it, yeah, it could be, you know, I mean like, yeah, you're, you know, the, the marquee names of college football this year won't still be in college football unless somebody has a breakout freshman year and then they're still, you know, but even, even, you know, Bryce Young or Uyunglele, I mean, they're probably not still going to be in college football in 2023. And if they are, they probably aren't as good as we thought. Yeah. Yeah. But hey, it's, uh, 
it's it's interesting to think about, you know, and and I hope it becomes what people think and what I want to be. Basically, I, I feel like if you could, not in gameplay, but in features, if you can give me the features that they had, you know, the last five or so years of the game with the player names, you're golden. I mean, you could play a legitimate season. You had the schedules, you had the stadiums, the bowl games, uh, the BCS was part of it, you know. Like, yeah, it was great. You know, I mean, the, the last year they had a game, I remember I, I took Florida State to a national championship, and then they won the national championship in real life. And it was like, hey, this is, this is pretty cool. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, you just dictate the outcome. Maybe you've got the gift, and you could I mean, make ASU nice in the year. title. It was, uh, well, I, trust me, plenty of seasons I did have an issue with national championships and they never did, but, you know, maybe maybe the second incarnation of the game will have better luck. Yeah. Um, you know, speaking of ASU, we should note that there has not been a any sort of significant uh, development in the ongoing no, recruiting no, scandal. Really, yeah, yeah, a little uh, a, a Pete Thamel, um column more so than anything else that that mused on how michael crow is going to be affected by this or if he will be or how he'll respond to it which was interesting but no real uh news in the last few days which is i guess good um you know he will not be affected just in case anyone was wondering i don't think he'll be affected i i do i mean i told you this last time and i still believe this the only the only way that this season is affected by this scandal is if he gets, you know, antsy and, and that article certainly opened that door to that, that, you know, if, if the words that are being reported that he would say are first of all, true. And secondly, genuine, um, then it, that makes me a little nervous that he won't have the stomach to do what Arizona basketball did and LSU basketball has done and North Carolina basketball did with their academic stuff and just, just stare them down and say, come get us. Uh, because, you know, I don't know. I, I hope that, I hope that's what he does, but I'm not sure he will. Yeah. He, you know, I, I'm worried that he will feel the heat to make a move. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that would be a mistake for the season, but, yeah, I do too. but I do too. if you're Michael Crow and you're like, well, this isn't landing on me. Do you, want a you know a scapegoat now i i think you let the season start going but let's say we start the year two and two yeah then it's like all right well i've uh, we've now finished our investigation and we're firing these people and you can leak some stuff too i mean you know i hate to say that but i think you know that that's certainly plausible that they could leak some stuff mid-season if they are wanting to make a change say well this new information just makes it unpalatable to to keep things in place, you know, it's just too much. Um, but the article did, you know, the, the column, I should say, did make the point too, that like, you know, he doesn't want to admit a mistake. And Ray Anderson was, was his hire and it was an unconventional hire. And if you, if you tear down the football program, you're admitting a mistake with Ray Anderson too. Cause it, you know, it's not six degrees of separation between Michael Crow and Herm Edwards. It's two. And, and that one, that degree is Ray Anderson. Um, and so well, and you, that's the you, guy you, who goes, I think. Yeah. Yeah. You got it. I mean, I, to yeah. me, you have to, I, I, you, you know, out her, Ray's got to go too. Yeah. I mean, uh, they're linked. Yeah. I, I don't think uh, like 
like I said, I think nothing can hurt Crow. I think nothing also could save Anderson if Herm goes. I think so. Because I don't I mean, think you let that, you don't let him make another hire. I don't think. I mean, I, to me, the only way that happens that he makes another hire is the scandal doesn't really mushroom much, but there's enough there that after the season, Herb says, uh, you know, maybe not even directly related to this, or he doesn't publicly admit that, but just says, you know, I'm done. I'm I'm gonna hang it up. I'm, uh, you know, I've I've run my race, and and that's that. And then, you know, Ray Anderson ends up in the position to make the hire. But if, if Herb gets fired, I, I think you, you got to fire them both at the same time. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think that on I almost feel like you have to fire Anderson first so that the yeah, new probably. guy comes in and clears house and makes the probably. hire. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, of course, they could just fire them both and put Christine Wilkinson in charge again. I mean, she's had like 16, 10 years as interim AD. Why not go for another one? I, I would be curious to see them stacking up length of time for AD and yeah. see how much time she has. <laughs> Christine Wilkinson is the uh, is the Ric Flair of ASU ADs. Yeah. 16 times interim AD or something to that effect. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, uh, she, you know, I think she's still around. She's pretty old now. Maybe she, maybe it's too late for her to be the interim. I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think so. I, I, I think they're, they're linked. And we've discussed this from the time Ray Anderson, or from the time Herm Edwards was hired, that Ray Anderson's rep was on the line with this because it was an extremely unusual hire, didn't make a lot of sense, very much criticized, and and you know he put his neck on the line. And if if that neck on the line ends up with you know big scandal, I don't know how you keep him too. Yeah, I I you, I mean, you simply cannot. It, you know, I'm not sure he could have weathered the storm if Herm was just a disaster coaching-wise and he came and had a John McEvick-like tenure here. I think that probably would have brought him down, too. But at, at the very least, then you could have been like, well, swung for the you, fences. you got to think higher. outside of the box. you got to yeah. be competitive. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and okay, let, you know, kind of a let me let me have another chance at this, and we'll we'll go a different route. But if the guy you bring in, the guy whose character you swear by, and he did, you know, ends up either leading or or just unknowing of a bunch of rules violations. I don't I don't know how you survive that, but we'll see. Time will tell, I guess. Yeah. So on the on the subject, Herm and whatnot. If, let's let's discuss that forty coaching hires because I believe Herm was ranked in the top half. He right? was. Um, 17 or 18, something like that. He was ranked behind Todd Graham, which I agree. I think so too. I, you know, Herm hasn't had much success. He's had promise, but right. not well execution and, the way Graham that's did. Me and I know we we texted about this, but you know, it's our first time discussing it. The the thing that that article really illustrated, and you can maybe say it's a chicken and egg type thing, which one caused the other, but. Boy, the, the depth. I mean, that was coaching hires since 2000. Now, it didn't include Utah or Colorado coaching hires from before they joined the conference, so it didn't include Kyle Whittingham. Mm -hmm. But, man, there was not much depth. I mean, I, I started it at the top, and Pete Carroll and Kel, Chip Kelly at Oregon and Harbaugh and Shaw, you know, okay. And it was really when I got to Mike Leach at seven that I thought, wow, that's too high. Mike Leach was good at Washington State, but seven? And then I kept reading, and I thought, yeah. 
probably right because there's nobody behind him that I'm really that impressed by. Yeah, and six was Cristobal, which uh, right, which is a I bit think of a is reach. I think an incomplete at best. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know he's got you know uh, the record books will say he's won back to back Pac-12 titles. The 2019 one totally legit. You know, great. They had a really good season. They went eight and one. They won the conference title game. You know, last year I, I can't give him too much credit for that. They went three and two and got in because Washington had to sit out for three weeks. Uh, so, like, I can't pat him on the back too much. Like, well, he's won back-to-back conference titles. The 2020 Pac-12 season, to me, is a total giant asterisk. Nothing should be counted or relevant from that. Um, and, and yeah, the, I think the hope is that he's building something with the way he's recruiting, and maybe he is. But, yeah, outside, I mean, I think it was Chris Peterson was number five. Who, you know, That's a good had a very good run, a playoff trip, but, you know, a couple conference titles. But, man, it really fell off. I mean, it wasn't Tedford top 10. And, mm-hmm. you know, he had a brief little peak, but then really slipped. Uh, well, and the other Rod was top 15. Sarkeesian and Washington was top 15. I'm like, these, these are these are not that impressive. Well, and see, this is part of the issue, right, is what if, you know, a better conference with a lack of depth, you would say, well, you know, Saban's been at Alabama for this long. Sure, or, sure. Dabo's been there this long, but it's like, you know, Carroll and Harbaugh are both gone. Right. Um, Chip Kelly's gone from the place he was ranked top five for. Yeah. And his current one, I think, was somewhere in the it was late in, 20s, 30s. I think uh, it was in know, the 30s, yeah. I mean, he has not been good at UCLA. Now, they showed some promise last year, but still, they were under 500. Uh, you know, so, like, let's not get too carried away. Um, yeah, I mean, it just... Uh, I guess that's what I mean by chicken and egg. You, you read that and think, is the bad coaching hires the reason that the Pac-12's, you know, prestige has fallen in football? Or has, you know, is it is it a symptom of it? Is it because the Pac-12 has fallen off that we look at these coaching hires and think, eh, they're very good? I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, some of the names that I was reading as I'm going through, honestly, Todd Graham being in the top third had a nice stretch here. But I was like, Really? But but then again, like I said, with him, with Clay Helton, who was 11, like it's hard for me to argue anybody below them was underrated. Yeah, one, and I think one of the questions you have to ask is, outside of SC and Oregon, is there anyone who you would say like is a marquee job outside of the conference for someone? Like Kirby Smart might have taken an open USC job, but... Yeah, uh, you know he's yeah. not taking an open Washington job or an open Colorado job. Those no, schools true. have had success. True, but that's, yeah, it's very true. You know, well, and, and I'd even flip that on its head a little. We talked. You, you mentioned Mario Cristobal. If mm-hmm. Oregon has success, let's say this year and maybe next, you know they they get really good. They go to the playoff once or something, and there's a big time SEC opening. Uh, Auburn comes open again, or Texas A&M, or something like that. I mean, a big-time power. He'll be a candidate, and he may go, because they'll be able to, to give him more resources, maybe more money. I know Nike brings a lot of money to Oregon, but still, like, uh, you know, that's the problem is, like, he could be the best coach in the conference and have a playoff team and leave for a better job, Yeah, which shouldn't happen if you're a power conference. Yeah, I mean, absolutely but that's, that is unfortunately I mean, I was, where we're at now. And, and I thought of that, I mean, to switch sports a little, but 
I, I don't know if you saw the Arizona baseball coach left for LSU. Yeah. And I thought, you know, geez, Arizona won the conference. Number five overall seed. They got to the College World Series. Have won a national title in the last decade. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know I mean, and played for another one. Um, and he leaves for LSU. And I, and I just thought, like, first of all, I couldn't argue his, you know, I, I, I didn't look at that and think, oh, what a bad move. I thought, yeah, that makes sense. And then in thinking that, I thought, see, that's a bad sign for the Pac-12. That it makes sense and that it feels like, you know, they're playing a different game because of the money they can spend. It all starts there. Uh, I mean, LSU can throw more money at him than Arizona could. And and that's going to be the case in football, too. That's why I think of Cristobal, because, like, there's not another coach right now in the conference that's good enough where you could have that argument. But, you know, if, if he has success and let's say Miami comes open, you know, Miami's not in the SEC, but he's a he's from Florida. He's from that area, I believe. You know, he could leave for Miami, and that's a that's a kick in the pants, you know, for the Pac-12 because that shouldn't be the case. Like if you build a championship level program, you shouldn't have to worry about your coach leaving. Mm-hmm. But that's how it feels. Yeah. Um, the I... other point I was going to make, though, in regard to this article of the coaching hires, is how many guys that you could have made a compelling case to be the very worst. Yeah. The fact that Makovic wasn't was impressive. Not even close. Makovic was 32. And I'm like, you know, but then you keep going and it's like, yeah, these guys really bad. Kevin Sumlin, really terrible. Tied for 34th. I mean, the the last 10 guys, I think you could make a compelling case all for the worst. Ty Willingham, Washington. Paul Wolf, John Embry. Gary Anderson, Oregon State. Walt Harris, Buddy Tevens, Kevin Sumlin, Keith Gilbertson, John Makovic, and Steve Sarkeesian at USC. Like, there's a pretty good argument that any of those 10 could have been number 40. Yeah. The conference has had a bad run. It really has. It really has. I mean, like, looking at the guys from 11 to 20 was like, okay, so Clay Helton, who USC fans have wanted fired for three years now, Jim Moore at UCLA, I would say Jim Moore's tenure at UCLA was mostly underwhelming and disappointing. Todd Graham, Steve Sarkeesian at Washington, which the write-up even says he was earned the nickname Seven Win Steve. The fact that Seven Win Steve is tied for 13th out of 40, not good. Yeah, very bad. Rich Rod, Lane Kiffin at USC, whose tenure ended so miserably. Uh, Herm Edwards, whose tenure might end miserably. Justin Wilcox, that feels like that could get better. Yeah. Carl Durrell at UCLA, good lord. I mean, that, that like, the fact that that was top 20, uh, that's terrible. And then Dirk Cutter, another one that was like, really? The guy didn't again, win a game in the state of California. Right, in, right, a, in a yeah. conference that had four California teams four out of his nine opponents. I mean, you know, and, and but then you look at the rest of the names and it's it's hard to be like, oh, this guy, they should have rated him higher. I mean, Mike Stoops was 23. Dennis Erickson was 22. Bill Dennis Nova Erickson at least had a good year. He had one good year, but then four miserable years. Yeah, but I mean, like, Mike um, Stoops was right next to him and didn't have a good year. So No, he really didn't. No, no. I mean, it's just like, it is really, I don't know if, if, you know, like I said, I don't know if you can say bad coaching hires have caused 
the Pac-12 to be bad or it's just kind of a symptom. But man, this article was like really kind of an eye-opener. Not that it taught me anything I didn't already think, which is the Pac-12 has really fallen in football in the last 10-plus years. But it, it just hammered that point home. Do you think that the Pac-12 network will be on TV uh, TV providers that we will see in the next three years? I think so, yes. Yes. I, I would like to see it by this season. Yeah. I don't know if things will move that fast, but I, I, in some ways I don't see why they can't. I mean, I mean my thought is, you know, if you, you want to get something done, do it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I do believe so. Now, will it be the Pac-12 network that, that exists in its current form? I don't know about that. I'm not, I'm not sure. I, I think, you know, it might be called the Pac-12 network, but it might look different. It might have a different headquarters. It might be owned by a different organization, which I think would be good. Um, and that will help it, I believe. They need, a, they need a reset button for that. Yeah. Or if you want to keep owning it, let me subscribe to it. Uh, uh, independently, make it yeah, a, have a have make a it streaming service. Yeah, I was gonna say, make it like Disney Plus. Make it where yes. I can I can get it uh, for yes. five bucks a month or seven bucks a month. Yeah, yeah. And I'll pay know, for I mean, it for football and basketball, and I'll turn it off in summer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. To me, that seems like a a model that should work. Uh, I don't now. I don't know all the ins and outs of broadcasting and why you know. Maybe that hasn't been done. I mean, it because it hasn't been from the SEC's point of view or the Big Twelve or uh, you know, like no conference has done that. Exactly. Well, but but other providers but want to put their games they on. Have those. That's true. That's true. I mean, the SEC doesn't have to, you know. So, uh, I mean, I agree. Uh, you know, I guess the I guess the question you have to ask about that is, will you get enough people to do it to make it worth your while? And I, and I don't know. I mean, because people haven't been banging down the doors. You and I are not a good sample because we're both, you know, we're ASU fans. We'd like to watch ASU. And But, you know, is there is there enough hunger for, you know, Pac-12 plus or whatever you want to call it where, you know, people will subscribe to watch that? I, I'm not sure. I'd like to think so, but I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, I just don't understand because, like, just pull it off at this point, just pull it off of all the other networks and do yeah. it as a streaming a la carte I, service. I, yeah. Yeah. Like I get yeah, that I mean, you can't really do that if you're on Cox or, right. you know, right. but how much are you getting from Cox? If you're on their premium package and people yeah. aren't paying for it. And people aren't, I know, I know. I mean, to me, and again, I don't know if the offer still exists. I think, you know, the, the model has changed a bit in terms of ESPN and, you know, the last 24 months. But if ESPN is still willing to buy it and distribute it, man, I'd take that deal today. Yeah. Just, just get, get on that train because ESPN's a huge agenda setter in college football. They really are. Well, you'll get bull tie-ins. You will. You'll get bull tie-ins and you'll just get, I mean, I don't want to sound like tinfoil hat guy. But, you know, if ESPN's invested in you, they'll talk about you more. You'll get talked about more on College Game Day. You'll get talked about more on SportsCenter and PTI. And, and the, Look at the NHL. The NHL doesn't get a lot of coverage on ESPN. Guaranteed it will starting next season because yeah. 
they're going to have it on their air. They will talk more about the NHL. The Stanley Cup Finals will appear in the first segment of PTI rather than the big finish for 10 seconds. Um, and so if you can get in on that, you know, especially in college football where they own the postseason, own it. Absolutely you do that, I think. Yeah. I don't know why we said no to that two years ago. Because Larry Scott was a bad commissioner. Yeah, which that's, I mean, I guess we should we should celebrate today as yeah. Larry Scott Freedom Day. He's yeah. finally done. It's official. In addition to the NIL and Bobby yes. Bonilla Day, it's end of yes. Larry Scott Day. Yes, yes, and it's George Kliavkov. Is that how it's pronounced? Kliavkov? They played guy, who knows? We'll find out soon enough, but... Uh, hopefully we'll find out in a good fashion and not a Larry Scott fashion where his name becomes like a curse word. Yeah. Agreed. You know, overall, uh, I think it's a positive day for college sports. It's a positive day for the Pac-12. It's a positive day for student-athletes. Yeah, I do too. I do too. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see where the dust settles, going back to the NIL stuff, you know, in three months, six months, a year. Uh, you know, where are we at? I mean, it's just, I, 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 again, I'm all for this. I don't say that in any sort of like word of caution, like, oh, disaster's coming because of this. I don't think that at all. Just, just curious, curious what it's going to look like in October and by March for the basketball tournament. And, you know, it'd be fascinating. So, uh, before we go, briefly, let's touch on the NBA playoffs. The Suns clinched the finals yesterday. The yeah. Bucks and Hawks are locked up 2-2 with uh, both stars out tonight. Giannis yeah. likely out for the series, if not the whole playoffs. Yeah, um, yeah. Trey Young, Young resting there. for and Game like 6. Maybe able to play Game 6, yeah, although who knows. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean... Uh, it's been the story of the playoffs. I, I don't know what. I mean, I'll ask you first. Do you do you think this is a simple cause and effect of a short off season and a condensed season, or some of this just bad luck? I think injuries? it's. I think it's bad luck. I was listening. There was a guy, uh, the Twitter feed in street clothes. He was on yeah. Zach Lowe's podcast. Yeah. Numerically, the injuries aren't that much different than no. they were before right. in 2019, which is the last reasonable one to look at. Full season, yeah, yeah. But it's the who, it you is. know? It, it, it is. If uh, Bryn Forbes hyperextended his knee... Nobody cares. It's it's a big deal, but it's not, you know, it's leading every news. sportscast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and so, like, I mean, I know there's a bunch... And you look at the number of all-stars who've missed time and you say, oh, man. But some of them are guys who are injury-prone their entire careers. Kyrie Irving, injury-prone his whole career since college. Joel Embiid, injury-prone his whole career since college. Kawhi. Um, Kawhi, injury-prone since, you know, for, for the last five, six years. Always misses time. Uh, you know, so, so there's those guys. Anthony Davis, injury-prone. I mean, you know, has never played in a full season. I don't think, I think he's maybe played 75 plus once. So, so those guys, like, can you really blame a short off season? And then others, it's like, man, I mean, Giannis's injury wasn't caused by overuse. He, he went up and he, and he got landed on. Well, and that same with happen. Trey Young. He stepped on the Trae ref's Young. foot. 
Yeah, you LeBron's know? injury in, in, you know, January or February. I mean, Solomon Hill dives at his ankle. He, he rolls his ankle. Like, that can happen if he has six months off or plays a back-to-back. So I, I don't, you know, how many of these injuries are, like, classic overuse? The, the, the one I guess you could point to, but you could have a, a plausible explanation for this, is James Harden's hamstring injury. But James Harden also showed up to Houston way out of shape this year. And his his injury might have been caused by that, trying to play his way into shape. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Well, don't and know. having to play with no Kyrie, which changes right. his minutes right. and changes the rotations, you know. Exactly. These guys yeah. get yeah. used to a set thing. And, and when yeah. you mess yeah. with that... I mean, I don't know. I, I know there are star injuries, and it's easy to then look at that and say, and yes, they had a very short offseason, and they had to, you know, but here's the deal. Like, I read LeBron's tweet after whoever it was. I can't remember who it was that got hurt. He put out the whole thing about, you know, basically, and I told you so. And That sounds all well and good, but okay, LeBron, what was your alternative? Well, and the other thing is this, this was agreed to, but you know, the point I saw that I really appreciated was yeah. this schedule was agreed to by the players association. It was, it you was. know, it's no, not like, you know, I agree. The owners are greedy and they want money, but the, the players, no, players wanted to play and get paid. Yes, because here's the alternatives. I, from my standpoint, for, if LeBron didn't want to come back as quick, the alternatives are this, you play a 50 or so game season which means you take a significant amount of money reduced. TV deals are hit. You don't play on Christmas, which means you lose some big revenue. Um, or you play 72, but you start at the end of January. So again, you lose Christmas. You lose the Olympics. Your next off, your next off season is messed up. And you, go you into the end of August instead yeah. of the end of July. Yeah, that, you know, this was a... I, I think, obviously, a rare and surprising occurrence sure. and you had to adjust and you made a decision and look teams are resting guys they they made adjustments yeah. to account for this i don't think I, I don't think this is a stunning out of left field thing that guys got hurt it matters right. more the guys who got hurt right right you know i mean and that that stinks there's no doubt i mean there's no doubt this playoffs has been adversely affected by major injuries. But I don't know if you can blame Adam Silver or the NBA or the owners or even the, you know, like, well, the Players Association was greedy too. Like, look, they made the best of the situation. No one expected that last March the season was going to be put on hold for four plus months. And then you then you had to decide, okay, are we going to try to finish this season? Yes. We need to get, you know, the playoffs in. We need to get the revenue from that to try to, you know, withstand no attendance and all of that. So you finish that season in October when you're normally getting ready to start the next season. Well, then the decision is, all right, what about the next year? And Christmas is a huge day for the NBA. They make a lot of money off of that and national TV. So it, it made sense. And now you can get back on basically pretty close to a normal calendar once this season ends. It ends about a month later than normal. You have the draft. You start next season in October like normal and, and you're good. And I, I think this was the hand they were dealt. It stinks, but I don't know that they could have done it any differently. I agree. Unless you're willing, like I said, uh, unless you were willing to play a 50-game season and start in, you know, late January, February, finish around now, and, and 
okay, you know, but, but then everybody's got to take less. And I don't think LeBron and the Players Association wanted to do that. So stop whining. Yeah, well, and it's just, look, you, you made a choice. The, the I told you so part is annoying because it's like you made a choice that was agreed to by everyone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And look, I, I'm sure that in retrospect, if this Giannis injury was the result of all of this, the Bucks would rather not have had this happen. Sure, but this sure. is, but that's not the case. Uh, yeah, you know? I mean, and I feel like guys, guys get hurt. I mean, it's it's just the way it is, and unfortunately, they're having a bad batch of, of marquee injuries. But like you said, um, you know, if if these injuries were Bryn Forbes and Danilo Gallinari instead of Giannis and Trey Young, you know, most of us wouldn't care. If you were a big Bucks or Hawks fan, you might. But most people would be like, yeah, big deal, get over it, you know. Well, and it would be a talking point of like, well, how do they have to adjust as opposed to a talking point of, oh, right. my God, does this even count? Should we put an asterisk right. on the whole idea, on the whole concept <laughs> right. of team sports? Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, look, it, it's, it's uh, as somebody who hates the Suns, uh, do I, you know, love the idea that it, it, it appears very possible that the Suns could win a championship playing, you know, the Lakers without Anthony Davis for half the series, the Nuggets without Jamal Murray for the whole series, the Clippers without Kawhi Leonard for the whole series, and potentially, let's say, the Bucks without Giannis for the whole series. No, I don't love that at all. Uh, but, you know, like, it still counts. I mean, if they win, they win. I'm not going to be happy about it, but I'm not going to do the, oh, sorry, that doesn't count. You know, like, you play who's in front of you. And sometimes the breaks go your way. Sometimes they don't. Yeah. The Suns have had some some bad luck. I, I don't think, you know, people here yeah. at, like, you know, the league is out to get them or something. I, I don't think that. But they've had some bad luck in their franchise history. Yeah. They had a great team in the 90s that ran into Jordan. They they lost the Lou Alcindor lottery or, you know, or coin flip. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, they've the, well, bad luck. Well, the uh, coming off the bench uh, right. for the suspensions. Right. The, oh, yeah. You know. Uh, the moment that changed Phoenix sports forever, in my mind, when everybody decided that Phoenix sports were persecuted by the world at large, basically, the Amari and Boris Diaw suspensions. Uh, you know, so they've, they've had their share of bad luck, and, you know, maybe this is the year that everything is coming up roses for them, and if so, oh well, I guess. I mean, I, like I said, I'll be for whoever wins the East. I was for the Clippers, which made me sick to be for the Clippers, uh, but I was. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, I guess. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about what happens with the rest of that series. We'll talk about, uh, you know, what happens with the rest of sports, because that's what we that's do. Right. That's uh, right. But until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.